Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst. With me is Vinny Tadaro, and uh, the Cowboys uh, improved to 6-2 and two after th- uh, thumping the Chicago Bears 49-29, um, and they head into their bye week this week. Uh, also, we have the trade deadline around the corner, so we're going to talk about Cowboys-Bears, and uh, also a little bit about the trade line as well as the trade we already made. Uh, but as always, we will start with a trivia question. This week it is my turn to ask the question. Um, I feel like this might be an easy one, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, this tight end was uh, went to Texas A&M and was drafted in the third round, not by the Cowboys. Played for the Cowboys, drafted in the, in the third round, but uh, not, by, not the by the not by the Cowboys. Yep. Texas A and M. I don't know. Okay. Um, um, let me think. Um, no, I don't know. Okay. Um, he was. So the Cowboys were his second team that he played for. Johnny Mitchell. Nope. Johnny Mitchell. I don't know who that is. Um, All right. He played for Bill Parcells on the Cowboys. He also played for the New York Giants. So both Parcells' first team and last team as a head coach. Play for the Cowboys under Porcells at tight end. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dan Campbell. Yep, yep. Dan Campbell, coach of the Detroit Lions now. God uh, bless him. That would have been, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have been a good good one for last week. But um, so Cowboys, Cowboys win 49-29 to over the Chicago Bears. With Ezekiel Elliott not playing, um, what Good are thing. what are your uh, big takeaways from this game, Vinny? What um, do you think? In no particular order, uh, Tony Pollard, I think now has he's close to proving that he can be um, an every down back, and he has proven that he's better than Ezekiel Elliott. He's getting held down. He's getting a raw deal because Ezekiel Elliott has the big contract and the big name. Tony Pollard is clearly a superior running back. He was absolute dynamite yesterday, three touchdowns, a couple of big runs, including, I think, a 54-yarder. Ezekiel Elliott would fall over if he ran more than 30 yards. Okay, He just can't do it, and he never really could. Rookie year, Outside he had a couple big runs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it just then he just seemed to like you know lose a gear. Um, so Tony Pollard's the future. I think Zeke will be gone. I think Pollard will probably get a big contract. I don't think they're gonna take your philosophy and just try to you know find somebody in the draft. I think they'll draft somebody as a number two back. Uh, but I think yeah, they're going to give that. Tony Pollard a, a nice contract. Uh, probably wouldn't be as big as it normally would be because he's never been. You know, never been a full-time back, yep. uh, so that maybe plays into their hand. Um, but 
Um, very happy for Tony Pollard to finally be getting to do that. He's uh, the credit that he's due. Uh, very pleased to see his performance. Very happy to see a really good running back instead of an overhyped running back. Ezekiel Elliott's a good running back. I'm not saying he's yeah. not good. He's great in pass protection, but he is not what he is not one of the better. He's not in the top 15 running backs in the NFL, and he's definitely not worth the contract that he was given, and he's not what he was his first couple of years in the league. Um, I was opposed to that contract. I was right. They never should have given him that contract, and um, you know he's he's been overtaken by somebody who was a fourth rounder, so it's got to be probably kind of embarrassing for him. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you know as he stood there clapping Tony Pollard um, on the sideline, a part of him was embarrassed um, and should be embarrassed. But um, that's the way the Dallas Cowboys are run. Yep. Um, and uh, I was glad to see Dak Prescott. Um, play a very good game. He had yeah. one terrible decision. That in mind, uh, they, had a, you know, they had a number of injuries during the game, and they had a number going in. Noah Brown did not play, but he may do. You know, with C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz. Um, um, you know, I, I think the rookie running rookie tight ends look uh, pretty good. They're, they're you know, we haven't seen a big body of work from them. They're not doing a lot, but yeah. you know, they're looking like they have. They might have a future in this league. Both of them, including the, yeah. the, the undrafted guy, which is terrific to see. You right. always root for people like that, and um, you know, they just—they're not going to go in the far in the playoffs because they can't stop the run. I mean, it's the same problem. You know, we can we could sit here and we can say, you know, they're better than we thought they were. We underrated some guys, and we yeah. did. Okay. I know I did. I don't want to speak for you. All right? But at the same time, there are a number of places where we we were correct. They don't have a defensive tackle. All right? They don't have an all-around defensive tackle. And they can't stop the run. And letting Amari Cooper go away was a mistake. Okay? Yeah. I mean, this is the first game C.D. Lamb has, you know, this is probably the game he's looked best in. Still didn't get 100 yards. Right. Okay? And uh, still didn't make any kind of play that made you say, "Wow, he's yeah. a first rounder. He's a stud. That he's a yeah. stud that we thought he didn't. We didn't, we didn't yeah. just think he was a first rounder. We thought he was a stud. Right, right. Okay. Not, not just a thousand yard receiver, which in today's NFL is you know ho hum. You have right. number twos that are thousand yard receiver. We thought he was the next great. He, he has number eighty eight. That's all you yeah. need to know. <laughs> like right. up there with Michael Irvin and and some of those guys. And, um, you know, so we were right about the weaknesses at the defensive tackle position and the wide yeah. receiver position. They should have kept Amari Cooper. They probably, they might be, you know, they'd, they'd have at least another win right now if they kept Amari Cooper. They would have beaten the Eagles. Um, and, and they would have beaten these other teams more satisfactorily. Um, I think the Bucks game, would, it would have helped more than the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Because Cooper Rush is still Cooper Rush. But... Right. Um, but it would have helped in both of them for sure. Yeah, I remember, you know, Amari Cooper made Cooper Rush win that Minnesota game last year. He was a big part of it. And and he 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 tore up Philly consistently. He really balled out when he played the Eagles. Um, You mean the Vikings? No, Amari Cooper, I'm saying. He always played really well against the Eagles, it seemed like. Yes, yeah. 
And, um, you know, and, you know, we, we look at backup quarterback, Cooper Rush, he's better than we thought he was. But is, yeah. he, is he a quarterback? Is he a, a solid quarterback? No, he's not. He's a game manager. He won because of the defense and the special teams yeah. and because they ran the ball and because he limited what he did. He made a few throws that surprised me. There's no, there's no doubt he made some throws that surprised me. He's yeah. better than I thought he was, but he's still no more than a game manager. And that's not what you need at backup quarterback. There's still a void at backup quarterback, okay? Uh, backup quarterback would have been a guy like Steve Berline, what he did for us uh, back when Aikman was hurt. That's a backup quarterback, and there aren't there aren't that many in the league. They're hard to That's, find. I was gonna but, say, there, yeah. there's not a ton that are I think are better than Cooper Rush right now. Um, he's definitely not the best. He definitely there was no time when he should have been even thought of at all seriously as better than Dak Prescott. But um, no. no, we could we could Im- improve on him for sure, but. He's not a huge liability. I think he's proven to be a mid-tier backup as opposed to a low-end backup that I thought he was going into the year. That's yeah. my take on Cooper. He's, he's a game manager. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, he, he, he won't do it. You know, he'll make some make a couple throws for you, but, you know, don't ask him to do much more than that. And then when he had to do more than that, uh, he was terrible against Philly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the offensive line, Left guard is a problem. Yeah. Um, left tackle, Tyler Smith. He's been better than we thought he was, yeah. but he's certainly not Tyron Smith in his rookie no, year. No, no, You know, he's, he's definitely not that. And, you know, you're always that one play away from getting Dak killed yeah. when you have the Tyler Smith out there. You don't have that comfort level that you have with Tyron Smith or with, you know, somebody who came out of college, you know, better prepared and, you know, with, with more pedigree. You know, but he's better better than we thought. But yep. still, I don't think he should really be playing tackle now. I think maybe he would he would be safer at, at guard right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I'm I'm hoping for Tyron Smith to make a uh, quick, um, c- complete recovery, so he can at least help us out this year. I don't think his career extends past this season. Yeah, I would agree. And, and yeah, I mean, Tyler Smith has been. I, I feel pretty good about how I kind of pegged him this year, which was the high end I saw for him at left tackle was Terrence Steele last year. The low end was Terrence Steele's rookie year. And he's been much closer to Terrence Steele last year than his yeah. rookie year, but still not great. Terrence Steele has definitely taken another step this year, and I'll give him credit. He's probably, our the, the besides Zach Martin, our best offensive lineman right now. He is. But, um, but no, he hasn't been a complete disaster. Um, so, and and I was looking today, I I was, um, kind of curious comparing Tyler Smith to Tyler Linderbaum, who I was all for us taking and, and was pretty devastated that we didn't take him. They're grading about the same on PFF. Linderbaum's a hair ahead of him, but, uh, but not by much. It's like 64 versus 63. Uh, And and Tyler Linderbaum, if you look at his game-by-game stats, it's really clear. And this was one of the knocks about him, is that he's an undersized guy, and can he hold up against these really, you know, physically imposing players? 
And and the games where he's graded really badly as a pass rusher, it's against the New York Jets, who have Quinton Williams, the New York Giants, who have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, and then one other team who I forget which it was, but it was another... T- oh, it might have been the Bucks with Vita Vea. So he's clearly, at least so far, getting exposed by those really physically imposing players. And, and you don't see that with Tyler Smith. His flaws are diff- are solely technique. He's 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 got it as far as athleticism and talent goes. So... Oh, he's a big feel, boy. Yeah, he's a big boy, and he can move. He can move for his size. So it's really just cleaning up his technique, and and I think um, I feel pretty good about him in the future, but definitely for this year, I would rather have him at left guard and Tyron Smith at left tackle. Um, But no, my my big takeaway from this game was, we'll talk about Pollard, but Kellen Moore was on fire calling plays and designing plays, I thought. The, the 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 last time I remember Kellen Moore doing such Love a good game. job calling plays was 2019 Week One. Love game. Because I was, I, I I still remember watching that game and thinking, oh, we're we're going to be unstoppable. Like the way he it was he was utilizing a lot of play action, utilizing a ton of motion. Um, the the thing he did in this game that really kind of tipped it off. Like we had a good opening drive but the play where Dak scored the touchdown in the red zone where he we had I think we had Pollard I think he might have just faked it to Pollard and and ran it in but the 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 fact that he's realizing we can tap into Dak Prescott's running ability in the red zone like that that I was so excited to see that like that was one of the most exciting plays I've seen and then also, I liked that he he had Turpin in the game. He he we threw a toss to Turpin at one point, um, and then we we started to utilize motion a little bit more. And if you if you saw the touchdown to Ceedee Lamb, that was us using motion to get a favorable matchup, basically getting Ceedee Lamb on a on a rookie safety, and then game over, like. Kellen Moore and and yes, it's a bad bad Bears defense, no question about that. Um, but I think if he can maintain that, that that level of play calling or or even come close to it, like I I don't expect him to to pl- call plays quite that well. And, and you know you got to give the players credit for executing. Dak Prescott, and it's funny because Dak Dak's best PFF game. Uh, before this one that he just put up was that Giants game. Um, but, no, I, I thought Kellen Moore was a huge— the way he called this game was a huge part of it. Um, with Tony Pollard and, and Zeke, it's funny. I'm, I'm, like, in the middle as we're recording this of, of arguing with one fan who's trying to argue that— and I, I will— fully admit I trust on a on a single play I trust Zeke more in pass blocking than Tony Pollard but I don't think there's a ginormous gap between the two and more importantly it's like three to five plays a game that we're talking about like I I feel like this is it it reminds me a little bit of in Moneyball where there's like certain things that the you know Brad or (laughs) 
saying Brad Pitt, Billy Bean, and and the you know his you know uh, Bill James, the guys that that believed in it, just didn't give a shit about like bunting and stealing. Like they were actually, and it's a little bit different because they you know not only did they not value those things, but they actively promoted against them. I feel like in this case, it's a little bit like that with the pass blocking, where it's like, it's so infrequent that it's asked that it it really shouldn't play much of a factor. Um, and and it, it's one thing if Pollard was absolutely atrocious, and he, he has some bad reps. I feel like he's it's a little like Connor Williams. When he loses, it looks really bad. And so people have this sense that he's terrible at it. But... By his PFF grades, he's been better than Zeke the last two years. Um, so I, I I don't think that's a, a reason to play the guy who's clearly worse. Here's a, a fun stat. Tony Pollard this year, he's tied for the NFL in regular yards per carry. So if you don't want to go any further than that, fine. There's that. His yards per carry after contact would, second, would second put... Highest. It's number one per in PFF. There, there may be other oh. other ones. I, I, I think Pro Football Reference. He's like fifth on theirs, but at least from PFF's metric, I saw him second behind Nick Chubb. He so he's been the last three years, and I'm going more off PFF's metric than Pro Football Reference. Pretty much every year, Nick Chubb is ahead of him. Last year, Jonathan Taylor was ahead uh, of him. Okay? There's been okay, watch him. Uh, there's yeah. been times when Derrick Henry's ahead of him, but Nick Chubb's the only guy that's consistently ahead of him year in and year out. This year, he's Pollard is number one in, in PFF's yards after contract. Uh, yeah, yards after contact. And that's if you a good just stat, yards after contract. Yeah, yeah, right. That is that is an important one. Yeah, I would like to see Zeke's yards per carry after contract because they're. I know they're lower. That it's lower than his yards per carry before contract. But I digress. Tony Pollard yards per carry after con- contact this season is five point zero two, which is higher than Ezekiel Elliott's yards per carry period. Right. Right. It's also it would be thirteenth in the NFL. Compare, comparing just his yards after contact to uh, the rest of the league's total yards per carry. So, like, it's not even close, them as running backs and then as explosive players. They're running behind the same offensive line. The touchdown, instantly when I when I saw that, that I should specify the third touchdown, the breakaway that pretty much put the game on ice, if that's Ezekiel Elliott, that's a three-yard loss. And that would have given the Bears back the ball. You know, they still wouldn't have won. They were, it was 42-29 to 29 at that point. But it, it, you go from punting, because that was third and one, to a touchdown and the game's over. It's 20-point margin right. of victory. Um, Tony Pollard, I, and, and I, I, I got into, there was one, usually when I get into these arguments with people that are Zeke supporters, they're just kind of morons, but there was one guy today that made a a valid point and, and something that I really hadn't considered, but he was like, I, I agree Ezekiel Elliott's overpaid, but I like the one-two, you know, the one-two punch. If Zeke Elliott 
renegotiated his contract and we re-signed Pollard, that would be ideal. And and I too if, expensive. I mean, if he took it, it if if them together were the same amount of money per year as Zeke is right now, I would be all for that. That that's still a little more a I little don't think more it's, gonna it's probably not gonna happen. Probably not. But um, in my mind, Tony Pollard at like eight million a year and Zeke at six million a year, something like that, give or take a million or so, that would be great. Because you know, I'd rather have Zeke in the game than Malik Davis. Um, but I don't want him starting the game. I don't want him getting the majority of the carries. I, I'm okay with him as the as the short yardage running back because he does have a little more power. Um, but I mean, it, Tony Pollard is so clearly a spark. Like, you saw it against the Eagles. He didn't have great stats in that game, but the the offense was absolutely dead in the water until we put Pollard in the game. And then, like, literally that drive, we started to move the ball with Pollard, and then Zeke comes in and runs as hard and as, you know, as well as he has in years, and we end up scoring. Like, if... If that's the dynamic, like Pollard starts the game and then we put in Zeke and he balls out, great. Like, I don't really care how that works out, but Tony Pollard is the catalyst. Ezekiel Elliott not motivated and and just in there at his typical, you know, three and a half to four yards a carry clip, you might as well just not run the ball if if you're going to do that. You might as well throw it every play. But with Pollard in there... It's a game changer. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I really hope... And, and Jerry Jones, after the game, says, you know, we, we're going to go as Zeke Elliott goes, which I really hope he's just trying to placate the numerous Zeke fans within the fan he's base. Not. But, yeah, I'm worried he's, he's serious, which a lot we could dissect on that, but... We'll see. I mean, Pollard, at least this year, has been getting more a higher percentage of the touches already. But I really hope this second half of the year, if we're struggling at all, Pollard is getting the bulk of the carries. Unless, unless Zeke is, you know, suddenly revitalized like he was in that Eagles game. Then I'm fine with him, with him getting a lot of carries, too. But most Jerry. of the season, he hasn't. Jerry is so narcissistic and egomaniacal, so unwilling to admit that he's not a football guy, or even that he made a mistake. Um, well, we know what he did. With, with, we know he, he fired Jimmy Johnson, yeah. so there's no limits to his insanity. But no, um, he doesn't want to admit that he made a mistake with Zeke. Yeah, and so Zeke Zeke is the starter, and that's hurting the team. Yep. And maybe Steven feels the same way. Uh, but that's what you have when you have two clowns uh, running the football team. This team is winning despite them. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's not forget that you know there's a good bit of luck that's gone. Dak Prescott, that was pure luck. They didn't think Dak Prescott was going to be that sure. was going to be nearly this good. If they yeah. did, they would have picked him in the first round. Right. He was a desperation quarterback reach in the fourth round. Yep. Um, you know that's. 
And that's the only way the Cowboys can win any at this point with 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 these people in charge. Um, now you know we we mentioned the the run defense uh, really being bad. Um, it's definitely a problem, and unless they get it fixed, and I doubt they will, they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. They'll be one and out as always if they even make the playoffs. Um, and, well, uh, I- right now I'm I'm uh, so disgusted with the idiots that root for Philly. That I'm, I'm really rooting harder than I ever have. That um, Cowboys, um, if not win the division, at least go farther than Philly in the playoffs. I'm really hoping for a Philly meltdown. I think that would, if they melt down as well as a cheesesteak does when it's cooked properly, um, I think that would be uh, apropos because I've never seen a more disgraceful group of fans in, in, in any professional sport than the Philadelphia Eagle fans. Now, that's not all of them because I know some of them are really good guys, but yeah. that's mo- that's a lot of them. Um, and uh, that's the culture that they, they've they, they've bred there, along with you know not getting to the su- not winning Super Bowls. That's the two things that they're famous for. Because they have what? How many Super Bowl wins does Philly have in three hundred years? One, one I believe. One, yeah, one. And then they got destroyed in the eighties when they they dared set foot in the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Um, but um, no, uh, that's that's what we have to put up with Cowboys fans, and that's why we get so angry. Yeah. Um, because you know we can we can see things that um, need to be done a certain way and they aren't. But um, well, you and know, the run the run defense. You know, uh, Jonathan Hankins. Um, he's yeah. not. Good I don't think he's what he was. But I was glad that they picked him up based on what I know. Um, and I admit that that's not a lot. But you know, I really hope that he can help us out. He's a big body. I mean, you know, Very big. and uh, yeah. Quentin Bohan has been a disappointment. I mean, I'm really disgusted yeah. with my guys. I have to admit that Neville Gallimore and Quentin Bohan, I don't even deserve yeah. to be on the field. I don't know what the hell they're out there. Although I do see Gallimore getting picking up a lot of double teams. He seems to be kind of eating up bodies, um, you know. But uh, I think more was ex- more was expected out of Gallimore and Bohan, and yeah. um, that's going to be a priority heading into next year's off season. Is picking up. I think two defensive tackles and getting rid of a bunch of these schmucks that they have right now, like Tristan yeah. Hill and uh, you know garbage like Tristan Hill and uh, Neville Gallimore. Uh, your guy Odigizua is 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 pretty good, yeah. um, but other than that, there's there's nothing there. Golston, uh, you know, I mean he had that terrible penalty yesterday. Yeah, um, I, that was a tough one, but it was. You, you still got to be you got to be smarter. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a situation like that where you know where we we got a turnover off of it, you know. Yeah. You just you just That's can't, fun. you know. You, you just got to realize the rules are really there to yeah. favor quarterbacks, and they're they're they're, right. they're they're almost putting them they're almost you know, um, almost no contact drill oh, with quarterbacks, and yeah. you know you just got to deal with that, or else you're going to hurt your team. And we did. We had a you know nice interception there. Yep, and instantly a touchdown after the penalty. Um, but, no, I, I agree. I, I will say I don't think there's a ton of teams that are capable of really exploiting this weakness of our run defense for two reasons. One, I don't think there's a ton of teams with a good enough O-line, and that's really it. Like, if you have a good O-line, a NFL running back's going to be successful – but it, it definitely, the mobile quarterbacks combined with that really stress this our defense out, especially. But the other factor is 
teams that are A, good enough all around to jump out to an early lead against us so that they can keep running, or like the Bears did where you just have no semblance of a passing game and doesn't matter what the score is, you're still going to keep running it. I don't think they there's a ton of teams. Well for a team with, yeah, I mean, then they run awful well for that, a team that doesn't pass very well. Right, and, and that's been the case all season long. They they are a they they've got two very capable running backs, and and they're starting to really tap into Justin Fields as a runner, which they hadn't been doing. Uh, I'll say, I'll say this much: I, I'm usually the biggest Demarcus Lawrence supporter, but he sucks against mobile quarterbacks absolutely terrible and and it's like he didn't he didn't look awful against Jalen Hurts I I will say yeah he didn't grade terribly in that one either but but like watching the game he had I mean he had one play where he had a free run at Justin Fields he he had all the help in the world to the opposite side that he was coming in it was like you have one job. Just don't let him get outside of you. If he oh, runs yeah. the other other way, you're fine. You did your job, and he lets him get outside of him. He runs for like 15 yards. He had another play that wasn't quite as egregious at, as that, but similar. And then you had other guys. You had I, I want to say it was J, J. Ron Curse who had a, a similar play, but he, he well took done. the right angle. Yeah, he did it well, and he sacked Justin Field. Like the the guys, you know, he's fast, but he's not. You know, he's not Michael Vick. He, he's a four-four quarterback, very fast. But if you take the right angle, you, you see what happens. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what we're gonna do about that. And again, he didn't do terribly against Jalen Hurts. Um, that that's the team that I'm most worried about by far. I mean, the 49ers can run the ball well. They just picked up McCaffrey, um, but that's that's really it. And they're they're a far second in terms of most worried uh, uh, of a team exploiting our run defense. I'll say this, Jonathan Hankins, he got like 30 snaps, and I thought he looked, just just my eyes on the the field, I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, He graded out okay, um, much better than than Bohanna or Gallimore or, or most of these guys have. Um, so, I mean, his thing has been, he was, he was drafted by the Giants. He was one of the best run defenders in the league for like five years with the Giants and with the, in the Colts. Then he went to the Raiders. He had a couple years where he was just a, a decent run defender. And the last two years, he's been kind of bad all around, but it's with the Raiders. We traded next to nothing for him, and he's really not getting paid anything. So I, I thought that was a, a very good trade. I, I approve it. Um, we the fact that just the fact that we're addressing a point of weakness, and, and you know, even though they haven't worked out, the fact that we've drafted Bohanna, John Ridgeway, and now made this trade, we're throwing some resources at a position of weakness, which we never did with Rob Marinelli. So. That's a step in the right direction, but still clearly a position of weakness. Odigizua, he had one really good rep uh, where he got a sack, but other than that, he didn't he didn't do very he didn't grade well at all in run defense, um, and and he's still inconsistent overall. He's still probably the most promising young defensive tackle we have, but that's 
not saying much uh, at all. Um, so, but the other thing, so, so defensive tackle, I'm still worried about. That would still be a position I would, if we had a chance to get go get like a Derek Brown, That that's the name that's been thrown around that I'm by far the most interested in because he solves that issue immediately. The first day he's on the field, Derek Brown erases interior defense as a need. Like he he has been he's been decent his first couple years in the NFL, but this year he has been elite as a run defender. Um, so if we could get him for for relatively even like a third or fourth round pick, I might consider it. Um, but yeah, other than some kind of trade like that, I don't see that being uh, anything more than a, a weakness and, and our, our biggest Achilles heel. Linebacker, probably a close second on defense. But I will say we got uh, Damon Clark, Damon Clark. Um, his first game, I and I did not expect us to get anything out of him this year. Um, you know, he had like a spinal fusion, but he, he played 30 or 40 snaps and graded very well, actually. Like I, I would love to see him, him get more, you know, replace some of Anthony Barr and some of, although honestly, Leighton Vanderish has been okay. Like really it's, but, but either of them, like he, he looked in limited limited action like a better run defender than either Anthony Barr or Leighton Vandresh. So that that could be a, a big upgrade for us. Um, so I know I, I threw out Derek Brown. Are there any players that you, because we've got the trade deadline, I think is Wednesday maybe? Um, check on that. But are there any players or positions, Vinny, that you think are like must Upgrades, or, or that you would really be going after for the straight deadline? Well, I mean, you know, I definitely always keep my eyes out for available help. Wide receiver. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they got the defensive tackle in Hankins. They could maybe use another one. Um, I think other, other than maybe cornerback, now that you have the Jordan Lewis injury, and Jordan Lewis is an underrated player, is a very good slot guy. Um, and uh, Deron Bland, I thought, did a nice job filling in for him. Yeah. I'm really excited about Deron Bland's future like in this league. Like he might have been a steal there in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, I trust him right now way more than Kelvin Joseph. I'll, I'll oh, Kelvin Joseph is a bust. He's a... He's, Nation Wraith yeah. doesn't even rise to the level yeah. of a bust. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd be looking at, at you know, everything. Uh, because you never know what you're going to find. And just because you don't have a need doesn't mean there isn't a good deal out there that you should jump on, because yeah. uh, you might have a need a year from now. Um, and uh, But defensive tackle, oh, you know, wide receiver and defensive <laughs> tackle, uh, maybe offensive guard, you know. But, you know, Jerry, Jerry yeah. said that you know, I, when they said the Cowboys made a trade, I thought they acquired Deion Sanders, because that's what Jerry <laughs> said. And unless there's a Deion, unless Deion Sanders is out there, we're not going to make a trade. Another lie. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, regardless, I'm glad that they weren't that inflexible, and they went for Hankins. And maybe Jerry was only expressing his own opinion. Um, and and he, Probably. you know, who knows? Who I mean, it, it, it's such secrecy. It's it's hard to know what who, who has what what say and 
you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what's what's going on there. It's 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 the, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm sure that him and his, his son are not on the same page all the time. I mean, that's that's been clear yeah. if you take at face value what they say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, one one thing about the Jonathan Hankins trade, and and I think is it's worth giving. I I think this is Dan Quinn that deserves the credit, not not anyone else. Uh, or, or maybe a little bit of credit, but Dan Quinn, by far the bulk of the credit. We've really done a good job lately of these kind of reclamation players. Like, you know, J. Ron Curse, not really reclamation. He just never was given an opportunity and never was really any good as a, as a defensive player. He was a good special teams player. Malik Hooker... Um, I mean, that was kind of all injury, but like Dante Fowler was kind of trash for the Falcons for a couple years, um, and now is at least a contributing rotational piece for us. Um, I feel like there's one other guy. You could kind of yes. say Dorrance Armstrong. He's gotten better over time. Not really reclamation, but um, yes. we, we definitely... And again, I think it's Dan Quinn does a good job of getting the best out of his players is really the bottom line. Even like Anthony Brown, like he hasn't played as well as he has with Dan Quinn since maybe his rookie year, maybe never. Um, like that's credit to him. And, and I think knowing that, it makes a lot more sense to go get a guy who may not may not be playing well this year, but you have, you know, enough evidence that he is capable of being a good player that, you know, you, you can get him for, for next to nothing. So, yeah, but as, you know, I, I agree with you as far as positions we could upgrade. Um, receiver, the, the guy that I would love is but I, I don't think it's realistic is uh jerry judy because he would be the closest replacement to amari cooper by far he's, he's a brilliant route runner um not great yard after the catch but he's a little uh skinnier than amari cooper but um phenomenal route running i, I think he'd be a great fit for dak but probably gonna cost a first round pick or second i think brandon cooks is another name i've heard thrown around dj moore both of them i think will cost too much um yeah if we could get a, a left guard that would be that would be great Con Connor mcgovern did okay this last game um but i'd still rather have jason peters jason peters he got like i wonder if it's his I don't know why he's not getting more snaps. He, he looks clearly better than Connor McGovern. I wonder if he's just not in condition still or or what what's going on there. But, um, yeah, if we, if we had a chance to get a competent left guard for, you know, a late-round pick like we did for Hankins, I would be, I would be all over that. I, I don't think the—I I don't think slot corner's a big, big need— I, I, I trust Deron Bland, honestly. But I would, if we had a chance to get someone like uh, like C.J. Henderson, who, who's highly touted, but again, these kind of reclamation projects who have shown talent, 
Because especially at cornerback, that's a position more than just about any other where the scheme you're in and the the support around you, but we're really I think especially the scheme can make a night and day difference. You, you see it in free agents like this year, J.C. Jackson going from the Patriots where he was, you know, he was like Trayvon Diggs, but even stickier in coverage. Like he was a beast in New England. He goes to San Diego or Los Angeles, and he's one of the worst corners in football until he got injured. And he was at, he was playing a little better, I think, before he got injured because they started playing him the way he played in New England. Like, taking these guys, like how you use these guys, and I think maybe better than, maybe more than anything, one of Bill Belichick's greatest strengths as a coach is understanding this with cornerbacks specifically. Yeah, I think he can kind of do it for everyone on defense, but especially cornerbacks, he knows how to put guys in positions where they're best suited. And we're like, same thing with Dan Quinn, maximizing their ability. And I think if we had a chance to get someone like C.J. Henderson, I doubt the Lions would get rid of Jeff Okuda. But guys like that, where, where there's there's talent, and it's not like they're a head case. It's just maybe they've been misdiagnosed. I, I think we could upgrade over Anthony Brown, even though he's been okay. He didn't have a great game yesterday but in general he's been okay but I think that that's a high leverage position I don't think you can ever make a mistake getting too many cornerbacks even if it means Anthony Brown who's, who's decent sits on the bench so those would be my two and defensive tackle if, if we got a chance at another one um I think that would be a that would definitely be a position I would I would consider as well but, um, yeah, now that's, I think that's about all for this week. Obviously, we've got a uh, bye week next week, so no, okay. uh, no opponent to talk about. But uh, after that, we'll, uh, we'll have the second half of the uh, 2022 NFL season to talk about. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in this one, and uh, until next time.